It was the 5th of May, 1980. Cast your mind back. My mum and dad, my brother and sister, and I were all at a family friend's house that Monday evening. I remember it very well. But looking at your faces, you've got no idea what I'm going to talk about. For a few days, there had been a siege in an embassy in South Kensington. After six armed men had taken 26 people hostage there, I'd heard on a news bulletin that evening that one of the hostages had been killed and the body was dumped outside the front door of the Iranian embassy. What would happen next? We went to a friend's house, and the television was on in the background before we had a meal together. Suddenly, as if from nowhere, there was a news flash on BBC One. We don't have news flashes anymore, but back then, there were certainly lots of news flashes we'd get. So there was this news flash. The special air service was storming the embassy, with most of the action being broadcast live to people like me, who were watching with open jaws. We saw explosions and several men in balaclavas and gas masks and loads of rapid gunfire. Kate Aidy, she was reporting for the BBC. She always seemed to be in the thick of it, just then, didn't she, in the 1980s? She seemed to be in the thick of it. As a 12 and a half year old boy, it was all very dramatic and exciting. But I knew it was real and it wasn't a film. It happened live in front of me and probably thousands and thousands of other people who were watching it. Perhaps you watched it. Perhaps you might remember that event as well. Slightly over 21 years later, I was looking after Reuben, our six-month-old at the time, and it was around lunchtime on a Tuesday. And because I'm interested in current affairs, as most of you know, guess what? The BBC News Channel was on in the background because you never know when something important's going to be had, do you? Just like one of the teams winning the World Cup tonight. It's just amazing, isn't it? Reports started coming in of a plane hitting the World Trade Center in New York. Of course, it was the 11th of September, 2001. For a few hours, I was glued to the screen until I had to go out and do some piano teaching. I was changing Ruben's nappy at the time as well, now and again, you know what it's like. But I was glued to the screen and seeing what was going on. Just like when the SAS did their stuff in Princess Gates in South Kensington, it was very dramatic and it was awful. But I knew it was real and it wasn't a film. It happened live, right in front of my eyes. I bet you remember that too. 101 days ago today, I was watching, guess what? The television news channel at lunchtime, because when it's lunchtime, 
you watch the news. Or at least that's what my father taught me, so that's what I still do. While I was eating my lunch, the person said that Her Majesty the Queen was ill and that her family, her children and some of her grandchildren were going to go and see her. We all know what happened. At 6.30pm, I was watching still. Maybe you were when Hugh Edwards said that Her Majesty had died. For 11 days, I regularly watched the news channels. I wanted to see what was going on and even queued up for 11 hours, 11 hours or so to go and file past her body in Westminster Hall. I'd watched the funerals of several notable people on television live and also quite a few people on YouTube. But now I was seeing history being told right in front of my eyes. It was real. It wasn't a film. And history was happening right in front of me. The longest reigning monarch in British history was being laid to rest amongst much public ceremony and some private family grief. Yes, it brought tears to my eyes at times. And like I've said, I knew it was real. It wasn't actresses and actors getting paid money to do it. It wasn't a film. It happened live, right in front of my eyes. Maybe you watched some of it as well. I'm too young to remember the Second World War. I'm too young to remember it starting and the end of it. I'm too young to remember the Korean War and John F. Kennedy getting assassinated just over 59 years ago, that is now. But all of those happened. They weren't films, they were real. I do remember the Berlin Wall coming down. I do remember Nelson Mandela being freed from prison. And I do remember the space shuttle taken up for the first time from Florida. All of these events I've been describing were huge, dramatic events at the time they happened. Many people will have written extensively about them, from sort of GCSEs right up to PhDs. People have written all about all those things. They were all landmarks in human history. Some of these events, probably all of them, had repercussions, either positive or negative, for many years afterwards. All of them were real. They weren't stories. These events all affected many people, both those caught up in the actual event as well as large numbers of people afterwards. At Christmas, we're all celebrating another major line landmark in human history. We're thinking about the birth of Jesus, the saviour of the world. This event was real. It's not just a well-known story like Peter Pan, the famous five, or even Harry Potter. Jesus' birth was real. It might have happened over 2,000 years ago, but the positive repercussions are still being felt even today. Jesus' birth and subsequent death are still changing people's lives today. Jesus, the Son of God, 
has certainly changed my life for the better. And we heard the colonel speaking earlier about the joy of knowing Jesus in his heart despite whatever external circumstances are happening to him. It's definitely the same for me. Knowing God brings me peace and joy in my life. I accepted Jesus as my king 39 years ago and I know him now as my friend. We know about Jesus' life from the Bible, of course, but there was also a Jewish historian called Josephus who wrote about Jesus in about 93 AD. Of the four Gospels in the New Testament, only two describe Jesus' birth or nativity. These are the Gospels by Matthew and Luke. Luke was one, uh, Matthew was one of the 12 disciples. He was a tax collector, so he must have been meticulous with his facts and with his figures. What a great character and great sort of person to have as a writer of a gospel. Someone who knows about facts and how to keep them and to make them easy for other people to read as well. You need someone like that to write about Jesus, don't you? The other gospel that describes Jesus' birth was written by Luke. He didn't know Jesus like Matthew did because he came, became a follower of Jesus after he'd been murdered on the cross, had risen from the dead and ascended into heaven. Luke was a friend of Paul and travelled with him a fair bit. Because he wasn't with Jesus physically like Matthew had been, he would have needed to interview scores of people to get the facts about what Jesus was like, close and personal. You probably know that Luke was a doctor by profession. And I've known a few doctors over the last 30 odd years or so in a personal way, not just by going to them and sitting in their room for 10 minutes. If Luke had been like those doctors, he would have been good at discovering facts and writing them down in a succinct and objective way. Because often that's what doctors are pretty good. But there are exceptions, I know. Remember though, Jesus' birth wasn't just a normal day for the people who had witnessed it. It was just like the SAS storming that Iranian embassy was for me. I remember it clearly. It was just like the 11th of September 2001 for many of us. Maybe we either watched the television during the day or in the evening or read the newspapers in the succeeding days. Jesus' birth was just like those events. Because Luke talked to the, to the sons of the shepherds, he would have found out about what had happened because he probably talked to the sons of the shepherds because I reckon the shepherds would have died by then. But the shepherds themselves would have told their sons and their children and their grandchildren all about what it was like when all those angels filled the sky and what it was like to hear them singing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and what it was like going to see the baby Jesus in the stable. Those shepherds wouldn't have forgotten the details of that day so it would easy, but it would have been easy to pass the details on to their sons and their other, to their daughters and other relatives. And so when Luke came to interview them, he'd have found out some interesting things. 
Bethlehem wouldn't have been a small town at the time, but I can imagine them really knowing and noticing a group of magi or wise men and their large group of people accompanying them on camels and horses and mules. There'd have been a big, I don't know what the word is, a big shebang entourage. Oh, I, do you want to come and speak here? I'm lost for words sometimes, but you've got the words. There'd have been a big shebang, a big group of people. It wasn't like that normally in downtown Bethlehem. You'd, every hour, perhaps the mule for the uh, buzz, as we might call it now, would go along. But a mule a day or a mule every few hours. But there'd have been hundreds of people with these magi they would have noticed. It wasn't just three people going to see Jesus, but dozens and dozens and dozens of people looking after them. Those people in Bethlehem would have remembered. And maybe, I can imagine myself as a child, if there's this big group of people, I'd have been running along after them thinking, where are they going then? What's going on? Maybe you might have done the same. But I can imagine the children in Bethlehem doing that. What's going on? Where are all these people going? In their smart clothes. And they would have gone and seen Jesus. And they would have heard about him. And they wouldn't have forgotten. So that even decades later, when Luke was asking them about it, they would have remembered that it was real. It wasn't a story. And that God had come to earth. Dramatic events are still happening around the world today. Some of these events we might hear on the news, but others are just personal tragedies that only our families and friends hear about. They don't even make the 20th page of a newspaper. In 2023, I can almost guarantee that there will be good or bad news about politicians members of the royal family, and so-called celebrities. There's going to be more health scares, I think, next year. Next year, we're going to be hearing about the impending general election in this country. But also, we're going to hear about general elections that are happening in Nigeria, Finland, Thailand, and in other places, where there are definite general elections next year. Charles III is going to be crowned king in May. And then perhaps more important to some of you, just a few days later, the Eurovision Song Contest is going to happen in Liverpool because Liverpool's a great city. If you follow a sport, one team will win the FA Cup. I guarantee it. There's going to be lots of horses and greyhounds that are going to be running in different races. I guarantee that next year, some of them will win the races that they're in. The thing is, with all these things that are going on in the world, I bet there's things going on in your life at the moment as well. Maybe you've had a routine and a rhythm to your life that's lasted for years and you just want it to carry on. I wonder if 2023 is looking like a better year for you than 2022 has been. Maybe you're going to have a new home better relationships, or a new job. Perhaps because of this year, you're still regrouping your thoughts and your dreams, 
and haven't even begun to think about next year yet. But will you let the dramatic events that unfolded in Bethlehem well over 2,000 years ago affect you? Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth for a reason. The dramatic events of seeing many angels, some terrified shepherds, and a large number of people escorting the so-called wise men was news in itself. But it was the baby they were visiting and worshipping that was on a different scale to all those big news events. Jesus came to earth to do away with selfishness, greed and suffering. Jesus' birth and subsequent death on a cross is still affecting millions of people around the world even today. The colonel said earlier how it affected him. Jesus has changed my life too. There are some dramatic events that will happen this coming year that many of us will remember for as long as we live, both international events and personal ones. The dramatic events that happened in Bethlehem are very familiar to all of us. But all of us could get to know Jesus, who grew up to be the saviour of the world. I want to encourage you, don't just know facts about Jesus. Get to know him as a person. Ask him to be your personal saviour. And then seek to obey what he says. Jesus is real. He's not a legend with incredible stories made up about him that a few people read about. O holy child of Bethlehem, Descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Make those words your prayer today and see how God revolutionises your life for the better.